Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of season 10 of Euphoria. My name is Vidius, and I, this week, am joined by none other than the mid laner of Mad Lions, Niski. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. Um, so some of you may be curious as to where Kadril is. I am slowly eliminating every member of the original Euphoria set. Uh, Dracos is still away he's at some various weddings because apparently everyone's decided to get married in june um and well cadrell had an incident where he hurt his ankle um and he's not here so <laughs> he's fine he should be fine but do send him his, those well wishes on social media when uh, you hear the episode so it's just me and niski which basically means that niski gets to talk a lot more which in my opinion is only a good thing um but for all those frequent viewers uh we are available on youtube spotify apple podcast and soundcloud and to run you through the plan for today a bunch of you have asked some questions over on twitter to niski so we're going to run him through some of those questions super fun super straightforward and then the second half of the episode we're going to be doing a week one power rankings so niski and i are going to be determining who's s tier who's c tier and some reasons as to why purely based on week one uh, and we'll also talk about the euphoria mvp at the very end of the episode uh, so stick around for that so niski um for those that don't know mm -hmm. give a quick recap of who you are and why anyone should care <laughs> okay <laughs> um i'm niski i've been playing in lec slash lcs for the last i believe five years now four to five years um i took a break last split i mean i technically didn't find a team so i took a break uh, after fanatic um and now i'm back in mad lions and uh yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, so let's start with when you joined. Was Splice the team that you joined with? I started, I promoted Fnatic Academy and then I went to NA. So I started my career actually in NA, ah, in Envious. Okay, 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 okay. And then, so where did you then go from there? From Envy, I went to Splice. Mm -hmm. And then from Splice, I went to C9. And then from C9, <laughs> I went to Fnatic and then from Fnatic, I'm too mad. So I did okay. NA, EU, NA, EU. Right. EU. Okay, okay. And then you won, you did win a title yeah, with C9. With C9. And unfortunately, that was the COVID year, right? So you guys didn't get to go to MSI. Yeah, that was so sad. Because like we all tried it like so much to yeah. make it. And then we got told after actually that there was no MSI. So I was like, well, I mean, that sucks. Because yeah. also spring did actually not matter in NA. Yeah. It was literally just useless. Yeah. And that's when like people wanted to cancel the league and like yeah. all and i was like yep. what the hell yeah. is going on and yeah yeah and then in summer things kind of fell apart yeah yeah we kind um, of grieved it yeah, yeah i mean that happens uh but for me the i mean the iconic moment for niski was the third place match against vitality i forget exactly where it was copenhagen oh it wasn't copenhagen i still remember okay. it yeah yeah but the the casio play the Johan and bot lane you know um and I think that that, for a lot of people, is kind of where you stood out, I think, most notably. Um, I think a lot more people started to recognize you as a talented mid lane. And then, of course, you went over to North America and then you found a lot of success there yeah. as well. So um, I would say that overall, your career's kind of been up and down, but mostly a lot of highs. I mean, I mostly, say. I mean, people actually forget it. But for me, I feel like I've always been kind of at the top. Like, I don't think there's any split where I have not been top four or let's say top five and then yeah. i think in the last years i've only been top three okay um i mean i've been i went to worlds in twice in the last i think three years yeah um so i think i've only been like top three top four and so people are surprisingly like forgetting it yeah Even no, last I, know, I was like I top know. two and they're like yeah for sure this guy is not that good you so know? then let's talk about what happened in the off season because um fanatic you were with them as far as i recall all year mm -hmm. last year yeah and then of course there was the in summer, you did. You were fighting in the finals, from what I recall. Um, and then, but I remember as well, you sitting on PGL, being quite open about the fact that you thought Humanoid was very good, mm -hmm. and you thought that Mad Lions was a very scary team. Yeah. Um, and you fell short, but considering that was also the run where you went from fifth all the way up to the finals too, right? Yeah. Um, so you guys played the maximum best of fives. You did the whole eighteen game run, and like everyone was super impressed. Um, but what happened in the off season like what was that transition like and because uh, a lot of people are obviously very shocked when you didn't find yourself on a team yeah um i mean basically in the off season um i didn't know i would be out a bit i mean kind of later in the off season i mm -hmm. guess where kind of everyone already had their roster in mind or already talked to people or kind of knew i guess what 
like direction they would go for. Mm-hmm. Um, then when I knew I'd be out, of course, there was the C9 opportunity, which I was looking forward to. Um, even though I didn't really, I didn't really want to leave EU. Yeah, I felt like if I would go back to NA, it would be probably to C9 because I liked it a lot there. Yeah. Um, and then when that did not happen, I was like, well, I mean, there's not really any good teams uh, left to go for, so I would just uh, take a break and uh, come back for summer, like way way more prepared, way more ready. And also, I guess it like allowed me to grow my personal personal brand and also kind of focus on like why um, Fnatic took that path rather than keeping me and trying to make me a better player because I feel like yeah. I could improve even still so much more um, and I feel like I did so much <laughs> like for them or in general I think that team was really tough to deal with at least yeah. uh, for me and I think I did a good job of keeping the group together and like just making sure everyone was fine till the world's stuff happened and then after that it went just downhill and I feel like everyone just forgot everything I did and it was just yeah I would just replace you and you're gone so that must have been super frustrating at the time yeah I mean I was really sad and I was really frustrated because I thought I gave it all and yeah. then they use the argument of like yeah but we're getting someone better but I'm like it if you get just someone better right now it doesn't mean it would make you better for the future or like in the future as well because Back then, we were just watching some like Mad Lions, like mid game and all. Um, and that's why they always thought, okay, he's better than you. Like, that's why we got him. Yeah. Um, but in my head, I feel like they could have just made the effort of kind of developing me even more, I guess, or like investing, right? Just investing in me. Yeah. And I think that would be good. But then when I knew they wouldn't do that, and I was like, ah, then I don't want to be here, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, super I'm fair. like, for me, once a team gives up on you, it feels really bad to play for the team right and that's how i am and i think whenever they told me yeah we're probably we're looking at options etc i was like okay well i mean i don't really want to play for you so you better get someone then yeah and yeah that's fair man that must have been super difficult but obviously you spent the off season as you said focusing on yourself improving do you feel like that the break was good um because when i speak to a lot of pros often they say having a split off actually really helped in terms of resetting their mindset and kind of coming in with a fresh perspective. Was that something different for you or how was it? Mm, I mean, for me, I liked it a lot because I feel like a lot of people, I mean, at least for my personal brand, I think it was really good because a lot of people discovered me. Meanwhile, I was not playing, but I was still, like my level was still really good. Right. So basically I was just streaming every single day as a normal streamer, but they would just see technically a pro play. Yeah. And then that was also when I did like the professor in this kitting where I was like teaching people how to play the game. I also did like some collabs with like really famous streamers in France and all that. So uh, I just became a streamer for like two, three months. <laughs> um, but I mean, everyone knew that I would just come back to play probably. Right. And I told them if I have an opportunity, a good one in summer, I'm taking it. So like um, expect it at least, you know, like you guys can have me for two, three months, but then I might be gone. Um and you also did that rank challenge too right where yeah with like, you did win i believe yeah with like no way agarin uh, the boss and kader was supposed to yeah, be in it but then he like he was like i'm a bit like too bad so yeah. I, will, <laughs> I will go out of it yeah uh, <laughs> uh but apart from that i watched a lot of league i watched lec i watched lpl lck um and i feel like it gave me it gave me like a new perspective i guess of mid where i feel like in my old teams I wasn't necessarily playing the control mages like full farm and how to kind of carry on it. I feel like I didn't really try that style before. Mm-hmm. And I feel like during offseason, I watched it a lot. And I thought that was where my weakness was at, where I join a team, I play for mid push, I play the easy way, I guess, or my way of playing the game. But when the meta is about farming and like just farming camps and just team fighting really well on like control mages, I feel like. That's something I've not done for a while now. Right. And that was kind of what I was doing in Soulkey, just playing control mages plus, of course, some Soulkey champs. But uh, that was kind of my goal, to come back and be good at it. And the good thing about Mad is that they actually allow me to practice it as well, uh, rather than when in some other teams where I would join, they'd be like, okay, I mean, we're playing just for mid-push every single game. Right. Um, I don't allow you to scale. You just play in push and roam. Sure, sure, sure. And I feel like now with Mad, that's better, where I can actually... I guess improve way more, yeah. Okay, okay, that's cool. So, um, 
there are some fan questions which mm -hmm. I want to get to, which talk a little bit more about that. So before we get to that, I wanted to ask you about the Rogue game. Okay. Uh, you and I spoke about it briefly, but uh, explain to me what the comms were like, what happened, and what the whole logic was around the dragon. Okay, so basically, we knew we're ahead, um, and then we got vision, we're first, a dragon, there's like maybe 10 seconds left or something, yep. and we're talking about just burning dragon if we don't see Volibear, um, and Volibear does not show for like the next like 12 seconds or something, so we start hitting dragon, Yeah, and then we start panicking, and we're like, okay, guys, like, where is this Volibear, you know, because we still didn't see him, right? Um, and then I see... I look at Elder and I see that Draven just like one shots it and everyone's sitting it. So it's like 4K. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we don't see the bear yet. And I'm like, okay, guys, just burst it and let's just finish it. You know, I mean, if it's not showing, just do it. And then when I say that, there's like the Bolivar running with like so much move speed and all. And I was like, well, it's too late. We need to like commit on it. Um, but we lost it. But the good thing is that at least everyone followed. And that's something I appreciate. I told them after, I was like, I'm glad that you guys actually followed the call. Okay, this was maybe the wrong one, but in the future, I will try to like make better ones. But I'm glad that when someone makes a call, we all follow it. Um, and that shows me how this team can work. Because if we did not follow it, and we did like 50-50, where some people would do it, some people wouldn't, and then we'd, we'd lost the game there, then I wouldn't know if the call was good or not. Right. So the yes. next time, I wouldn't know what to say. Um, and that's something I told them were like, I can make decisions quickly and you guys can follow me if you want, which I think is the right thing to do. But if it goes to, to if it goes bad, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if it goes bad, then it's my bad, but at least I know it for next time. So that's yes. how I can improve it. Right. Um, and then now, even after the game, we're all fine with the game because I thought we played a pretty good game till that moment where yeah. like, we just grieved uh, 10 seconds or 15 seconds and it was just a bad call and happens. Uh, I love that you mentioned that because weirdly enough, I had this experience with a friend of mine playing Apex where he made a different call mm -hmm. to what I said. And exactly as you said, I was like, so regardless of whether your choice was better or not, I will never know if my call was the correct yeah. one because you've made a different choice to me. So even though in this situation it all fell apart, the problem is we've made split decisions. So it's hard for me to now tell if my call was the wrong one mm -hmm. or if your call was the wrong one. And we can sit here and fight about that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we won't know because we didn't stick to a call. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, it's really great to hear that like from your perspective, when you when you make a call, if you, if you split, you can just end up focusing on whether, which call was the mm -hmm. right one rather than like because you can so easily get lost in those weeds um and i'm sure there are so many players out there that have all experienced it and they've had that fight where they're like why did you do this why did you do that my call was better yeah. well my call was better um and if everyone just made a call at least you then know okay this is the wrong call we lost yeah. but at least now when i'm in this situation again i'll remember this is the wrong call um so that's awesome that's really great perspective and it was uh to me it felt like the in that game, you did everything right anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't lose an objective, aside from the last one. <laughs> um, yeah. um, but, like, your Herald, your Dragons, your... Uh, I think that, like, you're even ahead in Towers. I think every time you traded up, like, it was, from my perspective, a far cry from what Mad were last split. Mm -hmm. Like, your early game to the mid game looked really, really good. Um, and then I also think from the weekend in its entirety, we saw game one was a little slow, but you knew you had the better scaling. So you then played team fights mm -hmm. better. Uh, game two against SK, from what I recall, it was pretty one-sided for you. And then game three, you had a really good early game performance. So like, to me, it seems like you can be pretty happy with your week one. Yeah, I mean, I think our week one went way better, to be honest, than what we expected. Yeah. Because like, I don't think we were doing too hot in scrims, except the last days where we just kind of transformed for some reason and we just played really good um and i'm also glad that actually everyone performs on stage as well that was one of my fears where i was like okay like i'm forgiven didn't replay on stage um i don't really know how kaiser like performs on stage i know alio and armut are good because i think that's what i used to see as well but i didn't know how kaiser was because i don't really know him personally as well so um i wasn't sure about that but on stage they seem the same or if not better so that's a good sign for sure. Um, and yeah, we'll have to see for the future. That's great. Okay, okay. So 
Let's get into some Twitter questions. Okay. Um, so the first one is from at Fosty Lol. You may know. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> um, he asked, are XL top three and what do you predict in your match versus the team next week? Um, I mean, actually, there's something I said on stream, I think yesterday or two days ago. And I said, right now, if I were to pick three teams that would go to Worlds, it would be G2, us, and XL. Okay. Because um, I think we're showing really big growth and I think we have so much room to improve. And I mean, a plus side for us is that we technically changed our players and I think it's going so well already mm -hmm. um, compared to other teams that they didn't really change. And I don't think... I thought Vit would be better than what they're showing right now, but it seems like they need some more time. Um, and I think Fnatic are still trying to figure out uh, however they want to play the game. Um, so I think XL will be top three if they continue on this road. I think they're a really good team. I think their bot lane is probably the best uh, right now in EU. I can say that pretty confidently, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think their map play in mid-game is good because they do stuff as five. There's no random plays, no 1v1s, all that. They do everything by the book, which is really nice to see. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think their bootcamp was really useful for them. That's good. And yeah, and I think this weekend, it would be a good match because I think both teams play good League of Legends. So I think it will mostly depend on draft and I think on bot lane as well. Um, I think the bot lane is really strong, as I said, but I think we'll, um, Unforgiven and Kaiser can uh, also do their part in it and it would be just good to see how we perform against them. Okay, okay, okay. So no solid predictions from you. I mean, I think we'll... I mean, I think we'll win this weekend, to be honest, if our practice goes well. And I think XL... If they continue on this road, they will go to Worlds for sure. But a lot of respect, basically, thrown towards yeah. XL. Okay, that's cool. Um, so from uh, Vipa Polchetona... I'm okay. hoping I pronounced <laughs> that right. Um, how would you rate yourself in a ranking between LEC mids? Um... So you can use right now, you know, you can use week one. I'll give you that, you know, so you don't have to like think about the future yeah. where you will be. I um, mean, I think if I look at week one, I'm, I'm in the top three, I think, pretty confidently. Okay. I'd say. I think Caps is up there and then it's, I'm not sure actually who's after Caps. It's I feel hard, like there's right? Caps yeah. at the top and then there's kind of everyone else. And yeah. I think I did a really good job at least from personally. So I think I'd, I'm up there. So that's, I'm saying top three. That's fine. I, I, you know, I would agree with you because I was thinking about Caps right now seems to be back, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then I was thinking about, well, I thought Niski had a really good weekend. I thought Nuke Duck's weekend was also pretty good. Um, his Twisted Fate game let him down a little bit, but he was also playing against Caps. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, I can't fully blame him for that one. But then I also think about other mids like Larson didn't really stand out to me. Humanoid, I don't think had the best weekend. So uh, Perks also kind of hit or miss. So I definitely agree with you that when you kind of compare to last split, you've kind of come in already and you're like asserting your dominance once again, which is always a great thing to see. <laughs> um, so from at Cuba, uh, how is the transition from NA to EU? How has it come back? I mean, it feels good. <laughs> it always feels good when I feel like I come back to NA. I come back from NA to EU. I think EU is way more family-wise. I feel more at home compared to NA. Um, even though I like NA, I think I just feel way better in EU, to be honest. I think it's, it's where I am. I'm close to family. I can go home and come back the next day, for example. Whereas in NA, I can't really do that. So I think for me, that's the most important part. And I think just in general, EU is just better. So. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, this isn't a Twitter question, but I was actually curious how often you go to visit your family because a lot of pros just tend to like not. Mm -hmm. um, but I was wondering if, if that was something you acted Um. I mean, when I have time, I go. Usually when I have a week off or four to five days, I tend to go maybe a day or two. Um, but I feel like right now it's kind of hard. Uh, yeah. And also usually they come to visit in Berlin as well. Uh, that's, nice. that's the easiest way, I guess. Um, and they were supposed to come, I think, for week one, but they couldn't, sadly. And then uh, they will probably come in the future in uh, for LC games, yeah. Okay, that's fair. All right, so from at Zephyr underscore LEC, how quickly did you become friends with the rest of the MAD roster and how's the team atmosphere? Um, I mean, I was kind of friends with them already before. Uh, I knew Elioia, I knew uh, Armut a lot. I knew Unforgiven as well, actually, because um, we, we, uh, we went out to eat and all that. Only one I didn't really know was Kaiser, um, but it was pretty easy. To, to be friends with him as well. So Rhino is going really good. I think we actually all like 
playing with each other, um, which is something I told them is really important. Like if I join, like you guys, I hope you want to play with each other because that's what determines if we go far or not, yeah. to be honest. Yep. Um, so yeah, Rano is going really good. I think closest one is probably with Armut and then everyone else is the same. Yeah. So um, at ADCEM asked, uh, is there anything that impressed you the most on MAD compared to other teams? Is there anything that stood out? Think coaching staff. Um, think coaching staff is really good because because of the way they teach and they show stuff with proof. They always bring evidence when they say something. They don't just say it; they back it up, um, which makes it really easy for me to believe it. If they're like, "Oh, like this LPL team does this," and then you can easily say, "Okay," or you can say, "Yeah, here I can show you. That's how they do it." Blah blah. blah this timer and all, um, which is something I really like, and I think. Pad, Mac, and Cass, they have a really good trio where they all know what their job is and they complete each other pretty well, I'd say. So I'd say coaching staff is probably one of the best in the EU, yeah. Damn, okay, high praise. I mean, you used to work with some of them at mm -hmm. least back on Splice, right? With Mac, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, the structure is a little bit different now. But still, that's cool. So uh, the last question I have for you is, um, what are the qualities of good mid-jungle synergy and how did you establish it with previous junglers? Um, I mean, usually it's about timings and knowledge of jungle and mid. I um, think it's really important to know what your jungler wants to do at all points of the game without like perm asking him, yo, what do you want to do, what do you want to do? Um, kind of knowing it in advance is always nice. Um, when he, like the pathing is really important to know in early game because then you know where to ward, you know where to cover, you know where he will end up, uh, where he can gank. Um, and then I'd say... For me, what I usually tell my jungler is if they have any questions about mid, they can just ask me, I will tell them. Um, usually I'm straightforward of like how this matchup goes, how I wanna, I wanna play, do I wanna get pushed in, do I, do I not wanna push? Um, and usually that kind of makes it easy for us both to play. And I think um, like a good thing with Olivier is like when I've pushed and he knows he can invade or when I don't push and he knows he can either gank or he can get his crab in base, for example, and play it more slow. Um, and I think also one thing is vision. I think vision for mid-jungle is something really important because that allows you to make plays on the map. And yeah, I'd say these three are the most important. Okay, so um, I'm going to expand on that a little bit because when um, what I'm really curious here is, so let's take your, it was Zoe Wukong that I yeah. believe you were playing, right, in the road game. So obviously one of the things that you leveraged a lot was you have mid-prior over the Azir mm -hmm. pretty consistently. So how often do you communicate or is it actually quite a silent affair where you just kind of by default know what each other's doing? Um, I mean, usually I just let my team know, okay, listen, I have pushed on every single wave till X. Um, and then Elioia knows that if he fights, I will be there first unless I say otherwise. I see. Uh, for example, there was a top fight where we gang top, I think, and then it went to a 2v2. Mm -hmm. But... I already told them from before, if you fight anywhere on the map, I will be there first. So we will have an advantage at one point if you survive. Um, so then we play the fight slowly. And then, for example, we got a double kill. Yes. Um, so that's something that my team knows. And uh, that's how I think you should communicate when you have mid-prio. Um, and yeah, that's, I guess, makes it easier for them to play the game. I mean, it's funny because I was actually talking about on the cast, like the mid-diff. And I wasn't being like mean to Larson. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I was talking about was how one of the the reasons why Zoe is considered good into Azir is because she's one of the few champions that can outrange him, right? And then on top of that, her ability to push, especially mm -hmm. I think I think it's when you've got like three points in Q yeah. is when level you, five is yeah. that's when you uh, that's when you really start having that that automatic push in the wave. Um, you just always got to move first. And when I think of Niski, I think of Twisted Fate, Rise, Silas, right? Those are the three that mm -hmm. mainly on Fnatic is because that's kind of what you were relegated to. I remember coming into playoffs and being like, so Niski has played three champions this split. It's it's Rise, Twisted Fate, and Silas. He's literally got six, seven, seven. <laughs> it's so <totally> ridiculous <laughs> like this. All right. Um, and um, you were just a heavy roaming style player. You typically always play for prior when you almost mm. always try to move. And so um, when you were talking about your mages, I think it was also interesting to hear you acknowledging this is a style that i'm clearly very experienced and good at i need to expand my repertoire mm -hmm. um but i think that with that style and the reason why i love this question is because your mid jungle synergy is super important um and one of the questions i had coming into the split was well Ayoya, 
he still had a very good split last split, but how will he and Nisky actually work together? And I'm curious, do you think that his style complements yours or do you think he's just as flexible and that he's willing to play to whatever style you want to play? Um, I mean, to be fair, when, like usually when I join a team and I talk to the junglers, first question I ask is, okay, what do you think your style is? Or like, what, what do you think is best for you? Um, and usually Elio likes to invade and likes to fight and likes to... I mean, not to fight, but just invade and get advantages uh, whenever he can. So I'm assuming, I assume mid-push would be good, um, which is always the easy way for jungle to look better and also to play the map easier. Sure. If you have mid-push, it's just easier to play the game. But the issue is that if your jungler gets used to mid-push, but then at some point you don't really have mid-push anymore, um, then it becomes really hard because then right. you're not trained to not have mid-push. And I think that's something I told him that like, Okay, I can play for mid push as well. I like it as well. Because I think when you've, if you have the better junglers and you let him do whatever he wants, you will most likely win the game from jungle only. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, what we kind of did in week one. Um, but I also told him, but I also want you to play tanks or like facilitators when I play mages because I think that will benefit us in the future. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I like to play tanks as well. Uh, I remember when Udi Rosmeta, he was loving it. Um, and I was like, I'm not the best at that, but I mean, it just by practicing that I will be good. And um, he was like, it's fine. He's fine with it. And he used to play also that style, I believe, with Himanot, where Himanot was only playing like Oriana and yeah. Victor. Um, so he already knows what to do. And it's just a matter of time till uh, I guess we play that style as well. Um, and for me, I told him, it's important to play both styles. Sometimes I sacrifice for him, sometimes he sacrifices for me, and he completely agreed. And that I like to hear that rather than, no, like I need mid-push, I will not play for you, kind of uh, junglers, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Awesome, really great insight, Niski. Um, always love asking you questions. And um, what is your stream? Tell me. What is my stream? Yes, I wish to know. So people can come and learn the wisdom of Professor Niski. It's uh, Niski with two Ys, but it's in French. So <laughs> if you guys want to learn some French, you're welcome to okay, join. Okay. That's, that's a fair and a good caveat to add. It is in French. Um, okay, so we're now going to move on from the questions with Niski, and we're going to go into power rankings. So uh, basically, I'm just going to go in the order of the standings. Um, so I have this cool little um, presentation thing that my producer has given me. And if you're watching on YouTube... If you look at the TV, we have a thing uh, and I can move the logos around into their respective fields. So you will get live updates as we discuss. Um, but basically, okay. I'm going to go through the standings. So before we get into that right now, in first place is G2 with sole position with the 3-0. Mm -hmm. Then we have a bunch of teams at 2-1. and one. We have Astralis, XL, Fnatic, Mad and Vitality all sitting at 2-1. and one. Then we have Rogue and SK sitting at 1 and 2, and then Misfits and BDS sitting at 0-3. So I'm going to start at the top, work my way down, and then we're just going to decide whether they're S-tier, A-tier, B-tier, okay. or C-tier, um, based on week 1. Uh, and then off the back of that, we'll decide on the Euphoria MVP. So, G2 Esports. I feel like this will be pretty easy, but I want us to try and give some more context as to why. So I'm going to pitch S, and I'm going to see if you agree or disagree. I mean, I agree. I think they are really good. They still have the really good fundamentals. Um, even though they didn't screw much, I feel like they know what to do. They already played together. They won. So I think they just have a good understanding on how to play the game together, which makes it easier for them, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. to beat other teams. And I think mechanically, they're all pretty good, to be honest, maybe except Jankos. But uh, <laughs> they're all pretty good. And I think... Yeah, I mean, they're still the best team right now in EU. So do you think that they will end up being the team to beat? Or do you think that as the weeks go on, other teams will get better and it's going to get a little messier at the top of the table? Mm, I think they will still be the team to beat. I don't see why they would get worse or they would not improve as much. Uh, I think they have a really young, I guess, roster where they always want to improve. They play a mm -hmm. lot. So uh, I only see them going up from now, yeah. So when I looked at G2 this weekend, I think that their game against Astralis, I don't know if you were able to catch all the games, mm -hmm. but that one was a little messy yeah. relative to what we're used to seeing. And that's kind of like, that was the one where I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because of their limited practice, which is fine. Um, 
But to me, the scariest things about G2 are, number one, their draft flexibility. I think we saw that with the Yasuo Yone mm-hmm. comp, but we've seen it before where all of their players seem very open to play pretty much anything. Um, and then number two, Caps is playing very well. Um, and I mean, you have a lot of experience against the mid laner. Um, so these two things seem to be to me what separate them from any other teams. Um, but what do you think puts them kind of ahead of the curve right now? Mm, I think, first of all, I think Caps for sure is really stable. He's like, he doesn't really have that many rough games usually. And I think that's when he's really hard to beat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and apart from that, I actually think it's also their top lane. I think BB is doing really good. And I think drafting against him is not the easiest because he always has these cheesy picks mm-hmm. that you hate, uh, that you never probably saw before and that you, you get surprised by and he knows them really well. Um, so I think it's mostly mid top and jungle, I'd say. I think Yankos does a really good job of covering lanes, right. actually playing with Pryo or with no Pryo. And he he accepts that he's playing some tanks, but like that's fine because you have some carries on your team. Um, uh, for me, question mark is still bot lane, but they seem to be doing pretty good or at least going even. So right. um, for me, it's mostly the top side that is scary and they seem to be doing well every single game. So um, for me, it's their top side. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so we agree that G2 is currently in mm-hmm. S tier. So let's get on to the really interesting one, Astralis. Okay, so Astralis right now find themselves at two and one. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those that don't know or didn't see week one, they brought in basically Spliced, (laughs) which is Vizichachi Zerse joined the roster. Um, They still have Kabe down towards the bot lane. They also have Jonghoon in support. Mm -hmm. uh, And then they have Dior in mid lane. So we heard rumblings and scrims that they were doing surprisingly well that they were decent mm-hmm. um and then i will acknowledge that their opponents this weekend were g2 bds and misfits yeah so you kind of have to have that caveat of well they lost to g2 but they had a competitive game but they also beat the two teams that are currently sitting at zero and three mm-hmm. right now so let's evaluate let's figure this out where do you think they sit right now based on week one i think they're probably in b um, I don't think they're like top four-ish right now. I think they might be at the end of the split, but for now, I don't see them being that good yet. Okay. I think they beat Misfits and BTS, which for me are probably two worst teams right now, at least in the league. Um, It's good that they beat them, but they need to beat like the better teams first for them to go up. And I think B is fair, yeah. I think Zerse and Vizichach coming back is good for them. Um, and it's I mean it's good at least you know they beat bottom teams it gives them some confidence maybe they get better ideas or they can actually get the confidence to beat the top teams now and we'll see next week how they do yeah so do you have much experience playing against Dior or is he still a kind of a fresh face for you uh, I don't really I didn't really play against him much I think we only screwed him once or something okay. so the one player you probably are quite familiar with is Kabe mm-hmm. um, so to me this weekend he really stood out as like a player that he kind of played a little uncharacteristically to me because when I think of Kobe, he's always been very good, but he's kind of Mr. Reliable. He's never going to lose you a game, mm-hmm. but he's not always the player that's going to like clutch it up for you. But this weekend, I felt like that he was flashing it on Twitch. He was making insane plays on Zaya. Like to me, he really stood out. I don't know if he kind of left that same impression in you or if you were able to see all those games. or if um, I only saw the game they lost, I think. Oh, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> sadly. Okay. Um, I mean, usually I don't really watch every single game unless they're hype. Um, And I feel like when I watch Astralis BDS or Astralis Misfits, Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm necessarily learning uh, as much. So um, that's why I don't really watch every single game. Um, But I mean, if he played good, good for him. I know he can be one of the best if he wants to be. I think if he works hard, he can be. Because in the past, I always thought this guy was so good. Um, So props to him. Hopefully he's doing good next week as well. So then my question is, again, you kind of have limited experience with Mm -hmm. Astralis. And like, again, as you mentioned, you haven't seen all of their games. My question will ultimately be, do you think this is a team that you could see fighting for playoffs? Or are you still thinking that they're likely going to be hedging towards the bottom of the barrel? Mm, I think they will be out of playoffs most likely. I mean, for me, playoffs is going to be Rogue, us, G2, uh, Fnatic 
Vitality. And I think I'm missing one team. XL. XL. I think that's going to be top six. Um, I think if there's one team that's not going to make it and Astralis would take their spot, it would probably be Vitality, I'd yeah. say. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's going on with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they'll be out of playoffs, sadly, but... Okay. okay, well, for now, we'll leave them in B. Uh, they obviously did have very good performances mm-hmm. against, uh, well, all three teams, to be fair, both BDS, Misfits, and G2, but I think that it's fair to be skeptical because of the opposition that they played against. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to XL then. Um, XL, they played against uh, Misfits, Fnatic, and G2. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Misfits. Well, they stomped Misfits. Yeah. Um, they also had a pretty convincing game against Fnatic, where it was kind of like that whole bot lane fiasco, yeah. the Callista Draven matchup. It was basically all bot all day. Um, and then there was the G2 game where they ran the Twisted Fate. Basically, uh, every time they tried to roam, Ari, the Caps didn't let him, um, and they didn't really get their foot off the ground. The only reason why I think it felt close was because Patrick on Ezreal was mm-hmm. just making their life impossibly difficult. Um, so what do you think of XL based on their week one? Where do you want to put them in the power rankings? I think um, I'm actually thinking between S and A. <laughs> okay. I actually think they're really good, to be honest. I would agree, yeah. Um, For now, I'm going to leave them in S, and then we can, like, based on where everyone else is, we can yeah. review and then move them. But Let's put them in S for now, yeah. Um, okay, so so tell me, what what is it about them that you think is actually really good? think first they're bowling <laughs> yeah you did mention I think that yeah. they are really really good um and then i think finn is actually playing pretty good as well i think nuke Duck knows that he has to play facility facilitator for marcoon and i think that suits them pretty well um and as i said i think their mid game felt like they learned a lot in korea and they actually play a clean mid game where they play for objectives they play for vision they play for waves um which is something you didn't really see before and I think their team fighting got also better. So I just like they just got better at a bit of everything. Um, which also, I think, makes it easier for me to put an S because I don't see much clean... I mean, I don't see many clean mid-games from teams right now yeah, in EU yeah, yeah. except um, XL, I think. Uh, I think G2 also is not that clean, to be honest, except yeah. in their, I think, maybe one of their games or two other games, I'm not sure. Um, but I think if a team cons- consistently plays good from early till late game, then I think that's a team that should be in S tier. Because um, the, that's the thing that really stood out to me is XL's early game. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it got shut down against G2, but in my opinion, Europe, funnily enough, Fnatic last year was by far and away the best early game team that we had. Um, and then you guys had issues in your mid game mm-hmm. um, where, you know, I remember Yamato, he came on the podcast and he was like, yeah, so a good strategy against Fnatic last year was wait till mid and Fnatic will int. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it was a common thing that people did against us. Um, uh, so like you had, you used to have super good early games. And to me, it feels like that XL have similar. And in Europe, I don't think we're a very good early game region. Um, I don't think that we've ever really been especially good at like, Contest, like even contesting things like neutrals mm-hmm. like the blues and the reds are something that i think lpl junglers will like murder you over um but xl have already demonstrated to me a very solid early game which kind of i've seen in their practice based on who they were playing against right like this is the type of stuff i can see rng t1 mm-hmm. so um they're kind of like their practice is being translated and that's the craziest thing to me because i've i know a lot of teams who practice stuff but you can't always apply it to yeah. stage because uh, the number of times teams have told me, yeah, stage games are just different. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so their early games really impressed me. And as you said, their, their mid game seems very, very good. So it's would you say that it's going to be an uphill battle in the match? Would you put XL as the favorites in the matchup versus you? Or do you think you're coming in as a level, play, level playing field? Mm, I think we are still better just in general. I okay. think we have that clutch factor as well um i think me armut elio i think especially us three i think we have that clash factor where we can make anything happen and i think that's what excel doesn't really have i think except mickey that like clutch factor you don't know what he's doing just pops off on a random champ um and i think we'll beat them i mean i'm not scared at all i think they play a clean game but i also think they're pretty privacy i mean wait how do you i forgot the word 
predictable predictable yeah, predi- predictable because they always do stuff by the book right um so yeah i think it's gonna be a good game but i think at the end we'll win okay so then what i'm gonna do as you knock a water bottle over <laughs> <Shut the> that's <laughs> why um, <laughs> just breaking some it's stuff. all good you're good you're good <laughs> i'm gonna skip fanatic for now and the standings i'm gonna go to mad lines okay um now i imagine where you're gonna put yourself i mean i think like at the top <laughs> yeah okay so i'll put you there for now okay for now and we can have a bit of a chat about that um so who did you play against you played against vitality sk and rogue yeah so the vitality game i remember casting this and thinking so vitality have stronger early they have i think they had prior in all three lanes yeah um and the, the whole cast was basically like, so Vitality have an early game lead, which they basically need to balloon. Uh, otherwise, they're going to get outscaled because your comp was kind of gross. I seem to remember you you did have a Yumi, right? Yeah, we was, had Zeri, Yumi. Yes. I think we had Wukong and Orn. And then, Orn, and yeah. then Silas. Oh, and then yeah. I, I can't even, I was like, at the po- your mid lane pick was so irrelevant. No, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, Anything I picked would yeah, be like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I remember, I was talking to Medic, I was like, so my, my biggest issue with this draft for Vitality is they can't touch Zeri. Zeri is literally under, they can ult, and there was one time where around red, she got ulted, mm-hmm. and then she still eat over the wall, you know? And I was like, this is exactly the problem. Like when you put a Yumi on top of the Zeri and there's an Orn as well. Um, and I'm curious, in the draft, I seem to remember they they banned Kale. Mm-hmm. And it- No, we banned Oh, Kale. you banned yeah, Kale. Yeah, we banned okay. Kale. And then um, when I spoke to Kadra afterwards, he was like, I think Vitality wanted the Orn pick. Did you think that they wanted it and you yoinked it off them? Or were you thinking, we just think Orn is really good here? I don't remember. I think Arm just said, just pick me Orn. And <laughs> he saw the champs and I was like, okay. I, mean, <laughs> okay. I like the Orn yeah. on my team. So <laughs> okay, can fair. pick Orn. <laughs> okay, that's fair, that's fair. So then why do you think you're deserving of an S rank? Tell me. Because, you know, your opposition, Vitality, not the strongest week one. Mm-hmm. You've also got SK. And then you've also got an underperforming rogue. Yeah. So I, as an analyst, can make a very fair argument and say, Mad just didn't have the toughest yeah. opposition. Coming into week two, they're probably going to be a little weaker. So yeah. tell me, sell no, me. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think, I don't think we deserve us yet. Okay. I think I would put us in A. Um, I think if we would have won all three games, maybe. Yeah. Because um, it's trio, quick, I mean, good games, clean, not many mistakes, but I think um we still need some room to grow i guess yeah so i'd say a i think is fair to put okay great i love that that's i would very much agree with you and i think that next week you have a fair argument Mm -hmm. because if you can take down both fanatic and xl then i think that you're in prime contention for that that s rank spot okay cool very holistic um very good so let's go back to Fnatic then. Okay. My initial impression would be A, maybe even B. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, looking at Fnatic, I don't know because I think they should be pretty good, but yeah. they don't look like it for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Um, so... So they played against Rogue excel and g2 okay i mean they had a right. pretty they did have a tough week and they still went two and one um then i mean i think they deserve an a i don't think they i should agree. be b i mean i don't see them being same as astralis for example so i think they're in Wait, a how did they go two and one did they beat xl they beat excel yeah i think so wait but that doesn't make any sense i think i've made a mistake because um if they beat XL, then XL should be 1-2. One, 1-2, two. One, two. yeah. So that's why I think I've made a mistake somewhere, which is why I'm <laughs> going to double-check this. Because I was doing this last night, which is... But, I mean, the score's definitely right. XL's 2-1. I mean, Fnatic beat Rogue, two and one. they lost against G2. So let me have a quick look at this wait. match schedule. Wait, 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 I'll get it for you. So on day one, Fnatic played against Rogue. On day two, Fnatic played against XL, with which they lost. And then day three, so Fnatic one, played two. against SK. So Fnatic That's is 1 2. Why, uh, no, 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 they, they are 2 1. It's because I thought they played against G2 on their last game. Oh. But it wasn't. They played against SK. So that's who they beat. They beat. Uh, they beat. Rogue, they beat Rogue rather, and then they beat uh, SK, SK, and then they lost XL. So yeah, their week one was Rogue, XL, SK. They beat a Rogue who looks like they're struggling. They lost to an XL who you've put mm-hmm. an S tier, and then they beat an XK, SK. 
Um, and I think that given that we have for now put Astralis in B, and like when I think back to their week overall, I think that their wins did look convincing. They convincingly beat Rogue and they convincingly beat SK, whereas they then had, I would call a relatively close game, but it was kind of a stomp in the favor of XL. So I don't think it's unfair to put them in A. Um, yeah, I agree. I think they should be in A. But I do agree with you that it, something feels off right now mm -hmm. with Fnatic. Um, and one, I'll never forget this quote. I think it was even your mother that said it last week. Was um, Perk said that Summer Split is all about mental. Um, because when qualifying for Worlds and wanting to have that spot, especially with a roster that's already been playing for a whole split, the most important thing is having a positive environment and an area with which it doesn't matter if you're the best right now mm -hmm. all that matters is that you're all getting along and you can work towards becoming good when it really matters yep. and so having someone like you come into a roster can give you that honeymoon phase which can be really great um but i mean you've been in fanatic what do you think the environment is like especially given that they they finished third last split as well um i mean i don't really have that much info and i don't really know but i think if i had to guess I'm assuming Humanoid is also a big voice. I think Upset is a big voice. Um, so I think having two big voices usually in a team is not a good thing. I think one is more than enough. Um, which is maybe why they are not looking like that clean, I guess. And yeah. I think on the long run, uh, um, usually it tends to hurt, I think, teams when you have more than one voice uh, that speaks a lot. Um, and then also they have to decide, do you play on bot, do you play on Humanoid? Yeah. Uh, how does that work? Uh, what's the meta like? All that. Um, so I think in the long run, I think they will boom. Um, okay. whereas for example, with Matt, I think it's way more, not like that everyone can carry or whatever, but there's not like one guy that's like, Oh, play around me or, Oh, we're doing this, you know, where I think in Fnatic, usually bot lane does that a lot. And I think can be really draining at times. So I think, yeah. um, they might be boom at the end of the split. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I mean, you did earlier say that the, the three teams that you think would be making it towards right now mm -hmm. would be you xl and g2 so yeah i hopefully. mean yeah of course of course i mean i think that's every team's goal right and uh it's i'm really interested to see how the split will develop mm -hmm. so okay we'll put fanatic in a tier for now uh based on week one vitality is our last two one team hmm. you are obviously a little skeptical this is another team where we have question marks about uh they lost to you they played against misfits and bds and then I don't know if you saw the BDS game, but that was the Baron game where Vitality was actually getting stomped yeah. early. And then at 2K HP, BDS <laughs> literally walked away from the Baron. And then Haru just said, okay, I guess I'll just have this then. And then they came back. So given the context of their opposition of Mad Misfits BDS, and then having like, kind of having to steal away a win from BDS, my initial impression would maybe even put Vitality in B. Yeah, I mean, I think they're for sure in B. I don't think they're an A-tier team right now. I um, think their games are not looking clean at all. Uh, I think their drafts can be questionable. Mm -hmm. I feel like, for example, their draft that they did against us and then the draft they did in the next two days were like completely different. So I feel like they don't really have a, a way, I guess, of playing the game yet or they didn't figure out meta. Um, so I think they're in B. I don't think... They deserve that A spot yet. I would agree with you. Um, it seems to me that one of the, the the strong opinion I had of Vitality last split was they kind of lacked an identity mm -hmm. in that when we think about play styles and like I, I like to reference last year's Fnatic because I think that you were so almost one dimensional in your approach and that like you had one of the best early game in the league and every game it was very much about dominating the other game whether it be playing for top or playing for bot mm -hmm. it didn't matter you could always find other game leads and you would either snowball and stomp off the back of it or you would mess about in the mid game and it would get all over the place right but like you were very true to your style and that was like if nothing else everyone had a direction with which to, to you know to go in vitality it felt like to me never had that mm -hmm. it felt like that every week they were trying different things they were experimenting there was no clear sense of direction and i still don't feel like that they have that even with the addition of haru and that surprises me because when i think of perks alfari 
that to me seems like they could just do what Mad does. Like if, if Niski, Eljoya, and Ahmed all agree we're the top side focus team, we want to play for top side, you could probably do that, right? And you could all just agree that like we're going to draft in that style, we're going to play towards mm-hmm. that way. This is going to that is how I would imagine that they could just approach that game. But it feels like that every game they seem to just be like very. I don't Different, even know how to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I was curious as to how you read Vitality and kind of what your impressions were. Um, I mean, I don't really know really much about Vitality, to be honest. I think for me, biggest question mark is how they play mid game. I feel like, for example, against us, they never took vision as like five. They, someone was always on side. Um, sometimes they didn't have TP, they went bot. Like, those are mistakes that should not be happening, I think, when you're a really good team yeah. or if you want to be a good team. I think those are just the basics of the game and um against us i thought they played okay but and they just made like a really dumb mistake to be honest and then they just lost the game there yeah um was so that the baron it was the national like they yeah. went or like they don't see anyone on the map i'm bot with tp sejuani's bot I remember, she yes. like ignites me i see them all on a board and we're all on nash already so doesn't like, she ult you there she ults well, me yeah. ignites me and then i'm like i mean guys like nash is <laughs> nash is kind of free you know like a robot uh and then they kind of lost the game there um which is as i said really dumb mistake to make i think for a top team contender um roster and i think they can still be a really good team because i think individually they in my opinion are really good i think yeah. their ball lane individually are pretty good in my opinion I think Haru can be malrang like where like he helps the team. I think Perks and Lafari, I mean, they're just really good players. Yeah, so yeah. it should work in theory, but it seems like they just can't make it work or in mid-game at least. I think they're a bit weird. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's fair. All right, so we're going to leave them in B for now. So we're now moving lower down into the teams that are one and two. So let's start with SK because I feel like that we're going to have a very swift opinion of them. They played against BDS who they were able to beat. Mm-hmm. And then they played against you and Fnatic, with which they both lost. Um, to me, they haven't really shown anything that's very different from last split. Yeah. And they haven't really changed much as a team. So I would kind of, by default, put them in C. Would you yeah. disagree? I think they should be in C as well. I don't see why I would change them uh, compared to last split. Also, feel like their identity, I think... I don't know. I feel like it changed over the years uh, or over the splits. I think their ball lane was used to be really, really good. 2v2. Yeah. They used to pick for lane, Calista play Jarvan. random stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like right now it's just basic and they just play normal. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they're that great right now. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for more because when you keep a roster together, normally you kind of work on some of the mm-hmm. issues that you had that split and you kind of show evolution and like props to Gilius, he had a bunch of great steals yeah. on his day one uh but i mean you played directly against them but it didn't feel like that they were able to even come close in no terms i feel of... like they just kind of gave everything yeah yes also i think their draft understanding was not the best i think for example like i said i think we our draft was just like 10 times better right um so yeah okay yeah so kind of short and sweet on sk so then let's talk about rogue so this is obviously the contentious one right now because week one did not look good for rogue they played against Fnatic, g2 and mad the only victory they got was against you and let's be honest they shouldn't really have won that game you know like both you and i were discussing before we went live that there were a bunch of different ways that you could have won that game. In theory, you didn't even have to start the Elder and you could have ended the game, right? So, like, you gave them that one opportunity, which they then took and ended. But up until that point, they didn't contest a single Drake. Mm-hmm. They didn't contest a single Herald. They had no control over the map whatsoever. And if you ever wanted to, like, get vision of either side of the map, you just took it, yeah. right? So it felt like uh, uh, they didn't even come close to you. Um, and that means that if they had lost that game, they'd be sitting at zero and three right now. So they'd have a worse scoreline. And they, they played against three of the, the top teams. So it's one of those things where like, you could give them the benefit of the doubt. But let's also remember last split, they went nine and oh in the first half and then lost to Astralis. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, I kind of want to put them in C tier. Oh, okay. I can't, C? Yeah. I mean, based on their week one, I think Astralis, I know Astralis had easier opponents, but even against G2, Astralis put up more of a fight than I think Rogue did against G2. That's what I think. Mm, like, I mean, for me, the only reason I would put them in C, it's because usually Rogue is the team that comes in 
really prepared, really knows the meta, yeah. really knows how to play the map, really knows how to handle early dragons, early rift, abuse it, play two pushing lanes, uh, play the map correctly, no random mistakes. And I think right now I don't see any of that. I don't know why. I agree. I think this team is just, I don't know what's going on with them. Um, so, I mean, I would be fine putting them in C. I think they might come back. I mean, I hope they do. I believe they will, yes. But usually, when you used to be really good in the beginning, and then you go into a split where you struggle a lot uh, in the first week, that doesn't really give you much confidence. So, no. I don't know if they will be able to come back, but I think for now, they're pretty bottom team. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, I'm glad we're agreed. Uh, so I'm just going to put Misfits and BDS in C tier. Okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, just I'm do. just, I mean, we just kind of know. <laughs> uh, it's like, they both went 0-3. I was looking at, like, social media and Reddit, and a lot of people were debating of the two teams, which mm-hmm. one do they think is worse. And, like, it's really mean. I acknowledge that. But, hey, this is competition. We're not here to be your friends. Um yeah. Actually, so, I think I would just put Excel at A, and I think that's the power ranking. Or oh, you, you would you would bring deserve? them down. I so, so I mean, like it's not unreasonable. I mean, their only loss was to the other G two in S. Uh, sorry. So yeah, the Excel played Misfits, Fnatic, G two. Um, so they they kind of stomped Misfits, but I also feel that they stomped Fnatic. So it's one of those things where like I think it's reasonable to make an argument to have them in S, mm-hmm. but I also think that it would be fair to put them in A. I mean. My thing is with S is that that means it's either the best team or it's really close to the best team. Okay. And I don't think they're really close to G2, in my opinion. Okay. So, I mean, that's just my opinion. No, no, no we can do that. I, I think, mean, for example, guest. Matt, like Fnatic, Excel, I think all of us can kind of beat each other, I okay. guess, in a way. Um, whereas if you play against G2, I think it would be a bit harder for all of us. So I think G2 just deserves to be on top. Okay. I mean, I'm fine with this. So yeah, just to very quickly kind of touch on Misfits and BDS Mm -hmm. before we wrap up. Um, Misfits, one of the things I thought could be beneficial for them was the meta change. Because when the game in theory slows down, (laughs) that's that's an area in which they would perform better, right? Team fighting, scaling, they won a lot of their games through great team fighting Mm -hmm. off the back of video, right? Um, That didn't seem to help them at all um, because... One of the things I think that you do need is some form of early game presence, which they don't have any of. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> I never see them do anything in early game. There, there is absolutely zero pressure at all. And then BDS have the opposite thing, where I actually think their early game is okay, but their mid game yeah, is... <laughs> it's something it's, else. Yeah. So you've got these two teams that are kind of like contrasting each other, for, but they're both at the bottom for just quite different reasons. Um, and like they both need to make dramatic change. The, the biggest problem for them was that like, so BDS played against SK Astralis Vitality. Okay. So when you think about playoffs, if, if, if you're BDS and you're thinking, I want to try and get to playoffs, the teams you need to beat are the ones that you would expect to be around you, which are SK Astralis. And if a team's going to get knocked out of playoffs, it's Vitality, it's, yeah. right? So... And they lost all three of them. So it's not a great start because it's now only going to get harder. Yeah. And if they can pick up wins, that's obviously very good. But BDS is not looking great right now. And Misfits have the same problem where they did play against XL, but they also played against Vitality and Astralis, who they both then lost to. So I think it's very hard to make an argument to put them anything. But like, if we had a D tier, I would probably put these two in the D tier. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just put, I'll put them underneath the graphic. Um, <laughs> what the, what the? I'm just going to make a D tier right now. Cause like, yeah, we're just going to put them under there. Um, yeah. I mean, like they have to prove a lot to me to showcase that I'm, they still have a chance. I mean, for me, I think the biggest, I guess, surprise of like, why they're so bad or why it's not working. I think in Misfits, I just want to know why things are not working. Because I feel like last split, they had... I mean, they kind of had a way of playing thing where like they would just scale and all. And I think Vito was doing really good. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, since he's not doing that hot, I think it makes it really hard for them to play. But also, that uh, that's like asking a lot from someone yeah, to be is. performing every single game at his highest level just to make playoffs, right? And I think that's something really hard to, to ask. And I think... Um, He's kind of struggling as well a bit, it looks like. So, um, I mean, teams, the, the, the thing is as well, 
you're right that he earned the MVP because of his consistency last split, right? It felt like that he didn't have mm-hmm. a bad game, which is a testament to the level with which he was playing at last split. But to then have to do that for a whole year, yeah. let alone a whole split, on top of the fact that teams are now way more aware of like what you do mm-hmm. as a player and how good you are, on top of the fact that you have players like Caps who are now performing again, like it's just stacks on stacks on stacks. Yeah. And like the poor boy already has enough that he needs to do. And like, the the rest of the Misfits roster, it just feels like that it's not coming together for them right now. So, yeah, I think that they're they're struggling. BDS, mm-hmm. uh, they still have the same problems. Yeah, I, but they change players, but it's <laughs> like maybe it's a grabs issue. But <laughs> maybe I mean maybe it's one of those things where uh, responsibilities on him to fix it. Um, but we won't keep harping on about it. This is currently our tier list. We have G two in S. We have Mad, XL, and Fnatic all in A. And the great thing about that is this week on the LEC, you play against Fnatic, and then (laughs) you play against XL. Fnatic will be playing against BDS and, well, you, and then XL will be playing against Vitality and and us. And you, yeah. So um, it's a big weekend for all three of you because you'll actually be able to help separate the pack mm-hmm. and if dracos when he returns next week wants to do an updated one on this you one of you may be able to move up into s tier maybe close that gap with g2 just a little bit we'll have to wait and see okay that's that's awesome there are power rankings i'm sure a lot of people are gonna love that but i actually think they're very fair to I mean, me i think so too i, I think, think the only the contentious th- one is rogue yeah. i would say i mean only rogue could be b but yep. but again, we're basing this off of week one, yeah. and I think that based on week one, it's it's a fair argument to say that Rogue should probably be in C. Yeah. I mean, so, if next week they go to O, then yes, it's like then they can be in B if they're back. Exactly. You know, like. exactly. I very much agree with you. Okay, so the last thing we need to do for this episode is crown a Euphoria MVP. Okay, so I think that like you can make a case why you should be in there, and I think mm-hmm. it's a fair one. So my three are going to be Niski, Caps. And Patrick, these are going to be a three candidates for MVP over week one. So, um, hmm. uh, who do you think it should be? Tell me. And if you think it's you, you're going to have to have a good argument. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think it should be me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No surprise there. No, I mean, I think I, from the performance Matt had last split to being this different i'd say in week one against in my opinion not the worst opponents in the league um where i feel like we played three pretty clean games i think um i feel like i showed a lot of good stuff i don't think i've been bad in lane for example i think um i always did the right thing on the map for example i think my team fighting as it was actually pretty good and i'm happy i'm really happy about it so yeah, for me, I'd say I'd say I deserve it, but you know. <laughs> so here's what I will say: like, I was very impressed with your performance in week one. I think that considering you didn't play for a whole split, and then you come into the split, and I think you played three different champions yeah. over the weekend. You played one Silas, one Zoe, and then I forget your last Swain. one. You had one Swain game, right? Um, you're already showcasing more flexibility than last year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Actually, after the first game, I was like, uh, Mac, like, can I play something else than TF Rise or Silas? <laughs> but then I got yeah. my total chance. Um, but yeah, when you locked in Silas, I was laughing because I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's another, I mean, Twisted Fake got banned and then you tweeted, leave TF open. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. It, uh, <laughs> but you know, you did. You also had like a really good Zoe game as well. Um, so like that's fair i think that's why i have you on the list i think that you are a fair candidate um caps though i think also had a really great week one the reason why i think we could push you over caps is because his game against astralis while good like you could debate it didn't he didn't feel like that he had the cleanest game in ever but you're really nitpicking Mm -hmm. at this point right um patrick is the one that's hard because for me even in their defeat Patrick to me felt like that he was still smurfing. Now there was, of course, he kind of did lose the game because he eat over a wall, and then Yankos came over, and then because he eat, he then had to flash, and then he died. Yeah. And you didn't make a play that lost your team a game, right? Yeah, I just like talked about it. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Wasn't you? Wasn't you? Wasn't you? I just yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we need a way of deciding between these three, 
And obviously, the problem I now have is that I've lost Cadrol. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so it's only me and was, you. <laughs> yeah, it's only you and me. So he was going to be my soundboard and he was going to be like the, okay, where are you kind of leaning? Because I'll go with you, Cadrol, but I don't have him. So I, I'll tell you what. What I'll do is I will... I'll give you this week, nice. okay, out of bias, right? Because you're here, MVP. because you're here. So I will, I will give you the Euphoria MVP and I know a bunch of people are going to be mad at me because you're just being biased because he's here. <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you, yes, I am. How do you tell someone to their face? <laughs> yeah, You're not I mean, good I, enough. I think, I think if the other one would deserve it, it would probably be Caps. I don't think, I think it would be either me or Caps. Okay. Um, I think he's had a good showing, but I also think, for example, on his Yasuo game, I think he had like one... Or two, even like pretty dumb deaths. Okay. Even though I think he played pretty clean afterwards, I think he was still kind of shaky. But at the end, he's still cap. So he oh, he's he's always shaky. If he and does, if he's at this top fair. level, then he always does some random yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think if it's caps, out of mind. But if you're giving it the project, then like I think I'm. Okay. 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 I mean, that's fine. That's a good argument. And the and the main reason why, and this is the one that I'll stand behind, and this is kind of the one that I've kind of convinced myself on. The fact that you haven't played for a whole split and then in week one, you had the performance that you did. I mean, I was shook myself. I, yeah. was, like, I was like, what? Because <laughs> I, I really think that you did have like a really good week. And as you rightly said, your opponents weren't easy. You played against Vitality, SK and Rogue. So you played against Larson, who was top three mids last and split Perks, yeah. and Mr. Consistent. And you played against Perks. And Perks, I believe, was on his Yone. Was that the uh, Yone game? He was playing Azir. Oh, no, it was the Azir. So it's like, yeah. I mean... So you were, Azir and Tassilus, you were getting bullied all laning phase. Um, you didn't die once to any sort of Zinganks. You didn't get dived. Uh, and then you played the team fights really well. And then in that game, you also... I, I don't know if you made the Baron call, but like the the Sejuani ultimate coming onto you and then you're like, well, this oh, is Oh, I mean, nice. yeah. I mean, once you yeah. were like, I mean, we're doing that. And I was yeah. like, I'm tipping. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, okay. We're giving it to Niski this week, guys. Nice. Um, we'll keep track and see if he can be consistent. No bias. Dread you. <laughs> uh, a little bias. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that um, congratulations on winning this Thank week's, you very much. Uh, well, do, I, do I get like a trophy or? No, you get points. So basically, if at the end of the split you become the Euphoria MVP, you get a cutout of you. Um, Wait, so they got the MVP? They got the Euphoria MVP last season, yes. And okay. so apparently Rogue couldn't, uh, because they had, were tied on points at the end of you the split. You did both? They, yeah, we basically gave them both. Okay. So um, if you can get the most Euphoria MVPs, you get a cardboard cutout. And bear in mind, people don't think that's a big achievement, but we have a reckless cardboard cutout. <laughs> So like, Where bear in mind, it's right there, actually. It's over there. So you are replacing Reckless, okay? okay. And that's quite an achievement, okay? So um, True. There, there's that. Anyway, um, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much for joining me, Niski. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for giving me your insight. Thank you very much. Uh, it was fun. Good luck this week against both Mad and Fanatic. It's Obviously, Mad. Not mad. XL. <laughs> Good luck this week against XL and Fnatic. Um, be sure to tune in this weekend on Friday and Saturday. I believe your first game is the Fnatic game. Yes, yes I think we'll the, play Fnatic at last game of the day. Yes, last game of the day is against Fnatic and then you play against XL on game two. So okay. yeah. Thank you very much. Best of luck. And uh, as a reminder, you can check us out on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Thank you very much for watching and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.